as soon as I open it, roaches. To where when I walk in the house, <laughs> did you scream? Hold. <laughs> Welcome back to Econics Talks, guys. When I pop up, everybody gonna be like, man, overnight success. Lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. Are you serious about this? Because if you are, then I'm willing to back the business. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? I want to give a huge shout out to all the new supporters that have joined us this year. And I can never forget my day one. So shout out to y'all, too. As most of you guys know, running an independent podcast takes a ton of time and energy. Now, if you ever benefited from an episode of this show or many episodes and you'd like to support, you can do that by buying us a coffee. You can reach that by the support link in the show notes or if you're following me or Econics on Instagram, it'll be in the link in the bio. And this will be used to cover any expenses that come with the show. I appreciate everything you guys have done and this has been such a fulfilling year. Now, on to this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks, guys. Before we start today's episode, I do want to get into a couple of housekeeping things. First of all, thank you so much for everybody who left a review or rating on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So for my Spotify users out there, huge shout out to y'all. Our Spotify audience is growing day by day, and I love to see it. So if you are listening to us on Spotify, um, I appreciate you tuning in. Um, because we are getting a ton of new listeners from that platform. Now, if you're rocking with me on Apple Podcasts, I appreciate you. So if you have not left a review, please do so. And that's how I can grow the show. So I appreciate that. Also want to thank those who have purchased me a coffee over the last month. So just to give you guys a brief synopsis on how things are going on the coffee side, Y'all bought me 16 coffees, man. I appreciate it so, so, so much. So shout out to my boy, Jesse. Shout out to Sam. I see you guys on here who purchased uh, me a coffee. And then some people obviously were anonymous. So if you guys did not leave a name, I appreciate you so much. So these uh, funds will definitely go to uh, show expenses. And again, y'all, I appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. Also, y'all, if you have any questions that you would like answered, I'm going to start doing some Q&As. If you go on to the link in my bio on the link tree, there's a form for you guys to submit questions. So go ahead and submit questions on different topics that you would like covered or different businesses that you would like to have broken down. Anything that you want to know, shoot me a question in that form and we will get it answered. Now, today we will be breaking down everything you need to know about ChatGPT. So we're going to jump right into it. So first things first, what is ChatGPT? Well, ChatGPT is short for Chat Generative Pre-Training Transformer. Now, this is being described as a state-of-the-art language model, which was developed by a company called OpenAI. OpenAI is an AI research and development nonprofit that was founded back in 2015. Um, it does have a for-profit arm, and it started to develop, it opened that part of it after it did some research and it wanted to pretty much profit off of all the research it was doing. So it needed a, pro, a for-profit arm of its company. Now, some of the notable founders are Elon Musk and Sam Altman. 
We do not know what Elon's role is within the company, but he does have ties to it. I went on the website to you know fact check to see if he was still on there. He's not even listed on the website, but again, he does have ties to to this industry. OpenAI actually dropped a few more AI programs prior to ChatGPT. So ChatGPT2 was released back in 2019, so it does have a predecessor. We'll get into what ChatGPT can do in a few minutes, but it also released an AI bot called Clip. Now what Clip does is it learns visual concepts from natural language supervision. I'll break down what that means in a few. And it also dropped a another AI bot called Dolly. And that creates images from text captions. Now, I don't know if it's called a bot or AI software, um, but it's pretty much a neural network. So I don't want to get too complicated with the jargon here, but it's a bot, y'all. Now, the Dolly, again, can create text images from text cap text captions, which is pretty cool. So this is not its first rodeo in the AI space. And then again, y'all, Chat I'm sorry, ChatGPT3 was released not too long ago. So that's just a little bit of history on the company itself and how they've been able to develop different different AI models to to generate different you know things in the market. Now, how does ChatGPT actually work? Well, ChatGPT is a type of language model, and it's known as a transformer-based neural network. So it uses a technique called pre-training and fine-tuning to really consistently improve its model. Well, what's that pre-training process? So ChatGPT is pre-trained on a massive data set of text. Now, this is based off of things such as books, articles, websites, you know, anything that has text. Well, the model learns to predict the next word in a sentence based on the previous words. And this process is called unsupervised learning. This allows the model to learn the underlying structure of the language so that it can understand the context of what the person's typing in. So after it goes through the pre-training process, the model then again is fine-tuned on a smaller data set. Now, in that smaller data set, it has a couple of different things. It has labeled examples for specified tasks. So let me give you an example. So if the text or if the task is text classification, so let me explain what that means. So with text classification, ChatGPT can easily classify text into different categories and labels based on whatever content is being typed in. So this is done through, again, that fine tuning process, and they begin to categorize the topics and data sets. On a realistic example, let's say you go into the website and you type in Airbnb, or let's say you type in a question, what is Airbnb and when did it get started? Well, it'll understand that text and then respond based on whatever information and data sets that it's been um, based off of. And then whatever Airbnb stuff it gets, it'll put out different generative text and responses based off of those initial models. So the patterns that it's learned during that pre-training phase, that's what it allow, that's what allows it to generate that text, which is similar in style and content based on that user's input. Now, ChatGPT also does something called text summarization. So if you type in a question and you ask it to summarize a topic, it will do so by pretty much extracting the most important information 
and it will present it in a condensed form. So they'll present it in an outline, a summary, hell, even an ebook format, it'll do it. So all you got to do is just ask. So let's say you ask it, hey, can you summarize how to build my own credit? Well, it will literally spit out a summarization of how to do that. That's one of the cool things. Another thing that it does is it also translates language. So it can translate, you know, different languages one to another. And also this can be very useful in different industries like customer service, e-commerce, just to name a few. Not only can it translate language, but it also understands language. So because it's been trained with the large amount of text data, it can understand the meaning of text and provide an appropriate response. So this can be used for tasks such as like chatbots or um, question answering websites and even just text summarization in, in general. How is ChatGPT being applied? One of the key advancements in ChatGPT is its ability to be pre-trained on you know, those much larger data sets than those previous models. Well, because of this, this allows the model to be able to learn more complex patterns and it'll generate more human-like text, which means it's just constantly improving, constantly learning. Now, with these advancements in the pre-training process, as a result, the fine-tuning process is also going to improve. Well, with that, that just means that the model will be able to adapt to specific tasks more efficiently with less labels and less data. Another thing it can do is multitask. So ChatGPT can be fine-tuned to perform a bunch of different tasks at once. So this capability enables the model to perform you know, natural language processing tasks uh, at once with one single fine-tuning process. So that's very powerful. Now, understanding how it makes its predictions can be difficult. So researchers are working on developing different methods to increase the transparency of the model. They want to make it easier to understand how it's making all these different predictions. Because of this, obviously, this is going to help with its credibility and longevity. I mean, think about it. If people don't find this technology useful or credible, then it discredits the entire purpose of it, in my opinion. Now, ChatGPT's understanding of context is expected to improve. So this would enable the model to generate more coherent and relevant text, and it would allow it to make better predictions when responding to tasks. <laughs> Funny, man, but this tech can also be used to generate new languages or can actually translate it from one language to a brand new one. I actually went on the website to try to test this out. So I was like, yo, let me like, how do, or I, first I asked it, can you speak a new language? And it said, yes. And then I just asked it, can you give me an example? And then it for sure started spewing out stuff in some random language that I did not understand, but I could read. Um, I could definitely sound out the letters, but uh, so phonetically it made sense, but obviously it's a different language. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Because of their advancement in interaction, their interaction system, this allows them to be utilized in virtual or augmented reality environments. So the main goal of a lot of reality environments is based on pretty much providing the most realistic experience possible for the people that use it. And ChatGPT has allowed a lot of developers to do that, which is very, very powerful. But you know, with these advancements, ChatGPT could be able to understand the emotions or at minimum common sense behind somebody's text. 
that's pretty crazy. That's pretty wild. So when you think about it, that means this AI has the ability to literally conceptualize what you're trying to say and answer you in a way that sounds like you're talking to another person. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. Now, with that being said, there are some ethical concerns about chat GPT. So with any new technology that's groundbreaking, there's always going to be naysayers and people screaming for regulations. And in this case, this makes sense because of how this technology can be utilized. So with anything that has you know such groundbreaking capabilities, we obviously see the benefits of this type of tech, but we also see the downsides of it as well is very glaring. So because ChatGPT is trained on a large amount of text data, this means that it can contain some biases. So this can result in the model pretty much replicating or amplifying that bias when it's generating text. And because of this, it kind of has the ability to perpetuate different stereotypes Sometimes it might be talking misinformation or even discriminate. So nobody wants to deal with that. So that's been a huge concern. Now, other concerns that have been raised about, you know, different people impersonating others, scammers, fishing for people's personal information. And because of its human-like responses, it has the ability to trick a lot of people into thinking that it's a real person you're talking to. And so when you think about, I mean, think about elderly people using, different things online and that's such an easy way to you know scam so many people so i don't know man i just think of it man if you put so much time into scamming people just put that same energy into making money you'll probably get the same result it's just you know whatever man when looking at the uh the job market this type of technology can certainly be used to automate some jobs and this will cause some people to have to learn a new skill now that's not fun at all And as technology is improving as a whole, a lot of jobs that typically need human oversight are being replaced by robots, whether they're physical or on the internet. So this drives the question, well, who's controlling all of this data used to train these models? Who's responsible for the output that it's generating? Because if it has issues with stereotypes and and discrimination and misinformation, well, we have to ask, well, who's, who's behind all of this? Well, as the technology continues to grow, these types of questions are going to be more pressing and people want more transparency. So like I stated earlier, the company is working to to generate more transparency because, again, if this isn't seen as a credible source, well, people probably won't use it. Some more ethical concerns. Students have been leveraging ChatGPT to cheat like crazy. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, I'm going to be real, man. I wish I had this in college. I would have went crazy on it. But like, like, just like there are students using this, there are things to detect whether or not you've used chat GPT. So what teachers or other people are doing to detect cheaters or whatever, they're using a website called detectchatgpt.com. You can literally copy and paste the text and put it in the box and it'll tell you if it's been generated by a bot. But students are smart. Students are smart. They're using a website called Quellbot. So Quellbot is used to paraphrase generated text. Well, when you paraphrase the text, the likelihood of it being detected, it decreases a lot. And that that's where a lot of students are kind of getting over uh, because there's still other technology out there that can bypass the automated or generated text that can be caught by those websites. So the crazy part is, y'all, this thing can even 
answer Spanish homework questions. Now, some of the limitations that it does have, so it does not do well with current events. So if you look at the website, it does say that any data after 2021 may or may not be pretty accurate. So as a byproduct, students are using a program called WriteSonic. So it's, I'm telling y'all, it's crazy, man, all these different AI bots. So WriteSonic is an AI bot that's hooked up to Google. So that allows it to kind of bypass the limitations of not being updated as, you know, as much as, you know, other, other platforms. So a lot of people are using that site to help them out with the current event process of the chat GPT. So what students are doing is they're pretty much combining different AI bots and chat GPT because it's a writing source. This is a major, major issue for a lot of education systems. And you already know students going to use this until they stop it. So if AI bots are going to do their homework, I do not see students ceasing to use this until universities, education systems or whoever, they start to either crack down or find more systems and regulations in place to stop this. So this is what chat GPT is done. I mean, chat GPT can be used for content creation. It can be used to summarize different things. It can write eBooks for you. It can do so many different types of activities and tasks. So definitely if you're a creator, I would suggest that you just play around with it and see how you can utilize it and see if it and see if it can be any benefit to you. So that is our episode for today. That's what ChatGPT is, y'all. Like, share, subscribe, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And we out, man. Y'all have a good one. Peace.